This episode of the Morning Skate is brought to you by Laga Sports. Laga Sports specializes in making 100% custom, fully sublimated uniforms and apparel for a variety of sports, but they're known for the premium quality and creativity of hockey jerseys. They have a one-price, any-design policy. It doesn't matter if you're looking for a simple NHL style or if you're wanting to create jerseys that look like Rebel Fighters from Star Wars. The price will always be the same, and the design of possibilities are endless. Check them out at lagasports.com. That is lagasports.com. L-A-G-A-S-P-O-R-T-S dot com. Own your look, own the game. You'll lose 11 seconds. You've got 10 seconds. The countdown going on right now. Morrow, up to show. Five seconds left in the game. Do you believe in miracles? Yes! In the military, we have traditions. We have, you know, like the New Zealand All Blacks, you know, the rugby team. Yeah, yeah. They, 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 yeah, yeah. So why are you mad at All right, now listen, let's, let's listen. This is the National Hockey League. Brenda Moore is a good coach. He play. These guys, to me, are jerks. You have to do this in the National. They're still not drawn. This is to me, and I'll tell you one thing, they better not do this in the playoff. What I don't understand is Brenda Moore is a street shooter. He always was. This is a joke. The, the rest of the guys, young men expressing themselves for joy of winning. You don't do this thing in the net. It's professional hockey. One of these guys that jerks or something. And I'll tell you one thing. They do this in the playoffs, making fun of the other team. But nobody's out on the ice. The game's over. I admit, I always liked your uh, theory of when you celebrate when you win only. Uh, that's why you liked Muhammad Ali, whereas uh, Sugar yeah, Leonard did the before. Strong. Now, you don't, if you want to do it, do it before. But right. that, that is absolutely ridiculous. I know the rest of the people. I know all the broadcasters and everything are afraid to say something like that. They're jerks well, doing it. I like it. I know you. <laughs> you luck and I, the weatherman, you know what I mean? I know what I'm talking about. You never do anything like that. They're still not drawn. They're a bunch of jerks as far as I'm concerned. Imagine Justin Williams doing stuff like that. Ridiculous. a little odd. i got to give you that. Okay, uh, we have enough time. For- and that is how you begin episode 88, the morning skate. Ooh, a little rhyming game. Uh, Don Cherry going in on the Carolina Hurricanes. Their stupid celebration after after they win. Everything about it's stupid. I said it was stupid a month ago. Now the face of hockey comes out and calls them jerks. They're a bunch of jerks. I'm over it. He's over it. It's good time to be Ked. Everything's coming up for me. Uh, Hal, what do you think about this? What What do you have on? Yeah, I mean, first off, I want to say I don't think anything gets your blood boiling more than this topic. Yep. Break. Sorry, I'm going to interrupt you really quick before we get into your thing. Breaking news. I, act, I actually did block the Carolina Hurricanes on Twitter today. So. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I mean, Don Cherry, <laughs> he's just, I, he's the classic, like, grumpy old guy, and I love it. Um, you know, the best part about that speech is, while well, yes, the internet's very upset, there were probably so many, like, 60-year-old guys on the couch watching Hockey Night in Canada, like, hell yeah. Fuck right. Like, tell <laughs> and, like, at the same time, dude, it's still, I still do think it's kind of cheesy, um, like, and it's the smallest things, too. Like, I think if they did it better, I could maybe live with it, but I just can't. Like, I tweeted it out 
uh, Friday night when they did that a fake home run celebration. Throw your glove. Yeah. Try to hit a ball. Yeah. Don't fake. Yeah. What is that, dude? Every hockey player, like in the locker room, like won't you get off the ice just dicking around when your coach is talking? You've played golf. You've played baseball and golf on the ice a thousand times. Mm-hmm. You don't think you can hit that? Mm-hmm. You're in the NHL. Give me a break. Yeah. Um, no, I don't know. Man. There was so it's much that went into that, dude. Like, if you're gonna do the baseball thing, exactly what you're saying, do it right. Like, he didn't even he, like he threw the bat in the air, but he didn't he didn't pimp it out like like Manny Ramirez or like Sammy Sosa. And then he kind of he 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 wheeled around the bases and like I mean I, it was it's a joke. I think it's a joke. I've always thought it was a joke. Um, I'm just really glad Don Cherry. I think the the one thing that really pissed me off is now you have all like these fucking social media like warriors out there. Like, pretending like they actually care about something like this. Like, Aaron Ward. Love Don Cherry, but for a guy who's made a career of being a showman, big opinions and flashy tacky suits to shit on what happens after the Canes win is a joke. No corporate platinum seats here. Big ego. So out of touch with his market while drinking his blue Kool-Aid. Hey, Aaron Ward, I called you a pussy on Twitter eight years ago and you blocked me. You're softer than, like, dog shit. So, like, let's, let's chill out when it comes to that stuff. Everybody's, like, just throwing this giant hissy fit. Carolina Hurricane changed their, changed their bio to that bunch of jerks with the fun celebrations. I, I mean, I don't know why I'm getting... I just get so worked up over this for no reason. <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I when I saw it, I texted you immediately. Because I don't know, you were at a Utica hockey game. I don't know if you want to talk about that. But I didn't know if you had seen it yet. And you just, like, uh, your response was pure joy. So Yeah, uh, I... Uh, you had to have guessed. I mean, I wish there was... If they were Vegas, I'd would be the first big NHL personality to come out against this strongly. I should have known it was Don Cherry. I don't know if there was a um, – but that would have been what to put your money on. Dude, it was just – I was so happy that that happened. Um, but, yeah, I went to the UD game. They played uh, Wilkes, and uh, it was pretty cool. So Jack Riley, who was the uh, hockey coach for the 1960 USA team, I think his I think it's his grandson is the coach of Wilkes. So I got to talk to him for a little bit. It was a pretty good game. If you guys ever get a chance, go to go to the Odd in Utica and watch a game there. They sell beer there. It's it's unbelievable atmosphere, um, and they pack the place. Like, I I think they said there's a hundred something consecutive uh, sellouts of home games there, and it's all just like towny people who just love supporting the boys, and that's where the Comets play too. So I was kind of wondering. I'll ask you. I I don't think we unless we actually looked up attendance and stuff. Do you think the Comets get more people to go to their games, or do you think the college team does? I think the comments do. I don't know if you remember when they're in the playoffs, they like sell out. So yeah, uh, everyone, underrated hockey town. Like when they talk about those hockey town USA things, I think Clinton, New York, one. Like I think clearly Utica with their D three college team that sells beer packs the rink. They have probably the most pass, passionate AHL fan base. They hold state hockey, high school hockey championships, and it's just a real grimy town. Um, it's the best. They need more love. Yeah, actually, while we're on that subject of the odd, I was with, uh, he's been on the podcast for Kevin Valenny. Uh, they just opened a restaurant that's connected to the odd, and it's called 72. And the person who owns it is Robert Esch, who was from Utica, played for the Flyers. And it's called 72 because there's 72 from beams. Yeah, there's 72 beams above the odd where it's at, so that's why he named it 72. And also, little fun fact, Kevin Valenny told me this. I didn't believe it, looked it up. Did you know that Madison Square Garden was built after the odd, like the structure and how it looks. No. Yeah, that's that's a fact. No, is that, is that real? Yeah, I looked it up, swear. 
Um, unless Kevin went on Wikipedia and changed it, which I wanted, I want to put it past him to do something like that. But it, was, I don't know, it was cool. Um, and he says he he says he hangs, it doesn't hang out with Robert Ash, but he sees Robert Ash all the time and like says hi to him and shit. So maybe we can try to get him on the podcast. That'd be cool. Talk Utica with him. Yeah, just strictly talk Utica for twenty five minutes. That'd be sick. I want to be against it. So, uh, guys, we're actually. We're already in NHL news. I'm not, gonna, I'm not even going to fucking do the Rush music. I'm going to miss it, but sorry about that. Let's just keep rolling. So, um, first thing, the Philadelphia tri- wow, Philadelphia Flyers traded Cam Talbot to, uh, wow, holy shit. The Edmonton Oilers traded Cam Talbot to the Philadelphia Flyers for Anthony, oh boy, Stolars? Stolars? What did you Stolar. have on, what did you have on yeah. this? They, they talked to Talbot. Talbot said that he wouldn't be against uh, re-signing with Philly and kind of doing a tandem with Carter Hart. Uh, I don't know. What What do you have on that? I think it's good for Philly. I don't really know what Edmonton's doing. They cleared cap space, but like, I don't know. Has he Has he been good this year though? Like, that's my thing. Like, is Cam Talbot still a good goalie? I I think he's on a dog shit team, dude. Like, I think a lot of people forget when they did make the playoffs that year. Like, yeah, McDavid and Drysaddle had sick years, but the absolute backbone of that team was Talbot. Talbot played lights out that year. I yeah, I get what you're saying, man. I know that they're a bad team. But it's not like Philly's a place where goalies usually thrive. Yeah. Like, is Cam Talbot any better than Brian Elliott? Yeah. Like, I feel like I feel like they put up very similar numbers when they were starters. Talbot has an 893 save percentage going in right now. Like, I understand. I think Talbot has had – he had a – he was one of the best backups, like, ever, it seemed like, that one year when he was with the Rangers. I don't know if it was his second year or his first year with the Rangers. Unbelievable. It was the year that wow. Hank – it was the year that Hank got hurt. He got, like, a, a stick – or a puck to the neck, and he was out for, like, a really, really long time. And Talbot ended up winning the Stephen McDonald Extra Effort Award, dude. One of my favorite awards. I do that every year. I love that shit. He came in seventh in Vezina voting right mm-hmm. here. As, as, like, so, pretty much a backup who, like, became a starter because the guy was out, but still. Yeah, I just... My thing is, I don't, I don't know how much better this makes Philadelphia. Like, I felt like... I just felt like for some reason, like Carter Hart came in and it was the first time there was like the goalie just seemed good. And I know he's young and like he still has a lot to learn. I'm sure there'll be like growing pains. But like you, I've, you've seen like 20, 21 year old goalies bring their teams deep in the playoffs. Like Matt Murray was young. Cam Ward, who's actually on fire in Chicago right now, shout out to Cam Ward, was a rookie when he had the Hurricanes win the cup. Uh, he was Matt awesome. Murray, I, like it can be done. So. I just don't know if it's going to confuse the situation. If they really treat him like an actual backup to Hart, then I guess it's okay. Yeah, I don't know. I think it's a good trade for Philly and Edmonton. I still have no idea what they're doing. There's so much. There's a, there's more fake hatred about like the Edmonton Oilers GM than anywhere on hockey Twitter. Like all these guys pretending that they could do a great job, and like yeah, Edmonton's clearly a disaster and they need a change. But it's like, I wish. I wish I could put some of those people who, like, chirp everybody in hockey. I wish I could just give them the reins of, like, a professional hockey team for a week and just see, like, it just blow up. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. It's unbelievable. I Do you think Cam Talbot really had that much of, like, trade value, though? Like, do you think that – what do you think they could have gotten? I mean, they just – I don't know. I, I Again, like, they cleared some cap space, but it's like, what for? You have so I, – I just – I don't know. I, and I don't know much about this Anthony Stolarz kid either, so. There's not much to know. Yeah. Um, moving on, Dennis Cholo, Choloski. This is a name that you probably don't know, but he's a Red Wings rookie. He's been with the Wings for a bit this year. Uh, they had a bobblehead night for him, and right before the bobblehead night started, they scratched him. 
And then right after the game, they sent him down to the AHL, and the next day was his birthday. Was that the worst week of that kid's life? Yeah, I don't. Um, I don't know who was like, you know what? Let's. Who was like, you know what? This is Chalos. We're gonna do Chalowski bobblehead night. Like the Red Wings, like marketing department. Like I just don't know if that's the player you throw a bobblehead on. Maybe that's really how trying of times it is um, in Hockey Town, USA, Detroit. But I mean, I guess he's a former first round pick. But that's really sad. You get you get your bobblehead. You're probably thinking like, man, I'm a sick young prospect that. The team wants to market me as like the new number one defenseman. They're putting out these bobbleheads, and the next thing you know, you're in the press box getting a text from the GM saying you're going to Grand Rapids tomorrow morning on your birthday. Yeah, happy birthday, Bob. It's crazy. And it'd be one thing if they were like battling for a playoff spot, but they're like not even close. Right. Like it's that part. Of, that means basically what the Red Wings are saying is that he's not ready, and they want him to get more experience in the AHL. Like they're not doing it because they traded for somebody at the deadline to make a run. Like. Exact opposite situation. Right, so, and you couldn't wait one day. You couldn't play him one fucking game. Right. Like, at that point, too, I know, like, management should never talk to the coaches, but I feel like if you're, like, the owner of the team, you got to just, like, text the coach. Be like, hey, like, the season's a loss anyway. Like, if anything, we want to lose more than we want to win. Like, just keep him in one more game for the fans. Yeah. I thought, I poor fucking kid. That sucks, man. Um, Evgeny Malkin got in trouble this week. He was suspended one game, which is asinine. Uh, Michael Roffel kind of gave him a little shot to the back of the neck. Malkin turns around, one hand on his stick, lightsaber swing. Like, just missed Roffel. If he hit Roffel like that, I think this suspension would have been, like, very, very serious. Like, if he connected. Um, after the game, they asked Malkin about it, and he said Malkin's neck was hurting him, and he's not sorry for what he did, and that he didn't think he was going to get suspended. <laughs> Yeah, I think he said, too, that Roffel dived after he did actually got suspended. So, I don't know, man. To me, and we talked about this before, that's a super dirty play. Like, I know he's an emotional player, and I guess stuff like that happens in the game. But that's like... Malkin's kind of a dirty player, dude. Like, this isn't the first time he's done something where people are like, oh, shit. Yeah, it's just like, they're, like that's the rushing in him, I think. Like, yeah. I, I don't know. Like, if I... when. If I ever saw someone do that to like a teammate, I, I would be like, "What the fuck?" Seriously, like, that's like when the that's like when you're playing like youth hockey and there's like a legitimate crazy kid on the other team. Like I, I just, I don't know, man. I think that's so much dirtier than the stuff that people cry about and that gets five games uh, from the department player safety. I don't care if he didn't end him because if he did, if he connected with that full throttle, then that then Raffle's probably out for the season with a concussion, and I feel like you would have to give Malkin, like, at least 10 games. I would think so. I just, it's crazy. Um, I didn't put this one down. I just remembered it, so we're just going to talk about it really quick. Is I think there's not a player in the National Hockey League thriving more than Mitch Marner. Like, this kid's going to get paid a shit ton of money. He has kind of all the leverage when it comes to getting a new contract. And did you see that thing that he did? I don't know if it's on Valentine's Day or the day before where he threw the puck to the fan, to that one girl, and the girl started freaking out. She took a selfie. Like, everybody in Toronto loves Mitch Marner. Do you agree with that? Like, do you think that that kid's just fucking thriving right now? I guess, dude, but at the end of the day, and it's always going to come back to Paul. Um, I just think Paul Marner is – I hope Paul Marner becomes, like, the balls, uh, like LaMelo Ball and whatever those kids. Oh, and okay. Ball. Yep. Like, I hope, the Mar- I hope Marner goes that, that route for us. Um, obviously he's having a great week and you're right. But like at the same time, you got to realize this kid has to know that in a couple of months, he's going to be deep 
in the Toronto media shitstorm. Like, mm-hmm. it's going to only go downhill from here. Yeah. Yeah, I, I just... It, that's going to be so interesting with, with their cap space and everything like that. I think that Marlowe contract's going to fuck them over soon. <laughs> Sooner rather just than later. And I saw today they were uh, they're starting to negotiate with Kasperi Kapanen for a contract extension. Who's also a really good player. Yeah, yeah, I like him a lot. Um, shout out Sammy and Nico, his brother and uncle, just legends of the Finnish game. But I, I don't know, man. That'll be that'll be interesting to see. He's certainly a superstar. Yeah, but yeah, we'll see. Uh, now we're gonna kind of get into a little bit of Rangers talk. I like this so. We've we've been talking about like how Hayes and Zook have been on the market. Then Larry Larry Brooks came out a couple days ago and said that the Rangers are now negotiating with their agents about maybe doing an extension. And then after the game today, Pagnota said that there's still active talks regarding Hayes Zuccarello, Nemesnikov, which was a name that I kind of saw happening, and he threw Chris Kreider in there too. So I, Larry Brooks, out of all the people like involved with the New York Rangers. The Rangers are, like, very good at keeping shit inside, like, out of the media and stuff like that. And the only time that the media can really report on the Rangers is when they want them to. And there's two people that they always do it with. It's always Larry Brooks is one, and the other person they do is Bob McKenzie. And I know that for a fact because during the draft this year, when we all thought they were getting Oliver Wallstrom right before they picked Vratsev, Bob McKenzie all of a sudden goes, oh, hey, by the way, guys, look for them to take the Russian. Nobody even thought about it, like, thought about it. Then he just throws it out there. So I think this... As much as I kind of, like, hope that the Rangers extend Zuccarello, I think this just kind of trying to, you know, it, it's showing other teams sort of that, like, oh, we're going to resign to hopefully boost their value a little bit more. I don't think it's really all that accurate. I think they told Larry that to, like, kind of go out and say that. But, uh, I mean, what what do you have on all all this, all these names? And Mesnikov, by the way, I fucking love this guy. Like, he may not score as many goals or whatever. Last year when he came to the Rangers, I feel like he kind of had a chip on his shoulder because he was, he, I mean, he was living the dream. He was on the line with Stamkos and Kucherov doing his thing. Went to the Rangers like, oh, shit, what am I supposed to do now? But over the last, like, three games, there's been situations. I forget who. Dustin Bufflin killed somebody the other night. I think it was Jesper Fast or it was or maybe it was Pionk, somebody. And Nemeskov was the first guy there, and you know for a fact the last thing that he wanted to do was to go anywhere near Dustin Bufflin. And you can kind of see in his face where he goes, ah, oh, fuck, all right. And, like, went over, like, had a game of cross-check. Then Dustin Bufflin almost, like, beat him limb by limb. But, like, and then today there was Brian Russ went after Strom and Nemeskov was the first guy in there. Little stuff like that doesn't show up on the box score. It's not in the analytics. People don't talk about that. But when it comes to, like, character in the room and shit like that, I love that. Like, Nemeskov should not go anywhere near Dustin Bufflin or get involved in any sort of extracurricular activities, but he knows that he has to do it because it's for the boys. So I'm a big Nemeskov guy. It's going to kind of suck if they trade him. I understand why they would. What do you have on the Rangers? If you have any questions for me, if you want my opinions, I'll go with it. What, what do you got? Is Jesper Fast, you mentioned him getting dummy. Is he on the market or not? Uh, they haven't mentioned him on the market, but like, I, he would be a great piece to like a team contending for a Stanley Cup, right? Like yeah. great on the penalty kill, great defensively. I don't know what you would have to give up to get something like that, but like if I if I'm the Nashville Predators or the the Winnipeg or, or like uh, a team struggling on the PK, I would I would be calling the Rangers, being like, what do I got to do to get this guy? Yeah, I th- I think that's someone that the Rangers like. They don't have to dangle him out there, but I think at some point. If someone's trying to go after like one of the bigger names like Hayes or Zuccarello, I think at some point a GM's like, "Hey, like, what about Jesper Fest? Like, what would it take to get him?" Like, I think he can definitely be a good piece on the team. I think he'd be an upgrade on the majority of teams. Like, I came to the realization as a Bruins fan because 
I don't. I think our team has so many missing pieces, but we're, right now we're tied for second in the East with the Islanders. And I was just thinking to myself, almost every playoff team in the NHL, outside of the Lightning and maybe the Jets, are flawed. Like every team, like does not have twelve four rolling lines, and no one has six great D. Like every single team needs pieces that's like in the hunt or in the playoffs. So I think it's like a seller's market. If I'm the Rangers, I try to unload every single one of them. Honestly, I, I just try to – I blow it up. Like, this is the time. I, I get that, but, like, a report just came out that said that Zuccarello would, is, would probably get a second-round pick and a prospect. I Maybe I'm biased because he's my favorite player of all time, but you're telling me that guy can't get a first-round fucking pick. I th- he's older, dude. I think a second round pick and a prospect's no slouch. It's going to be a good, probably a pretty good prospect. I'm gonna, like, I'm gonna argue this though, because yes, he is older, and he's had a rough year, and I think, and he's even come out and said like a lot of it has to do with he doesn't want to leave shit like that. Over the last like three weeks, he's turned it on. He's almost a point per game player after really not putting up any points for like a while, and he was hurt with a groin injury. Like, and before that, he's led the Rangers in points the last I think three years. You're telling me you can't get a first round pick for a guy like that? Who's I don't know. I, if I was a team, I'd give a fucking first-round pick for Zuccarello and put him on my top line just watch him get 80, 80 assists every year, regularly. Yeah, I probably wouldn't give up a first-round pick because I, like, I feel like the other thing, just with Zuccarello, too, I feel like he's a wild card where he could get traded and then just go right back to New York after he gets traded. Like, Yeah, hopefully. I, like, I, I can see him being a rental, and I, and I think what most teams are probably scared of with Zuccarello, realistically, is that he's, I know he's playing really well right now, but He's going to be 32 next year, and he's probably going to get, like, a big contract. Uh, there's going to be a team that will overpay him. And, like, if you're a playoff-pushing team right now, like, you have to look at Zuccarello realistically being a rental and not someone that you keep. Yeah, and the, and the only issue with Zuc because, like, I would love for Zuc to resign in New York, but if I'm Zuccarello, if I want to resign in New York, because of the last contract, he didn't get a no-move or a no-trade, that would be, like, the one thing I'd be asking for, and I just don't think the Rangers would be willing to do that, which kind of fucking sucks, but... Um, do you think Kevin Hayes could get a first round pick and some stuff? What do you got on Hayes? I don't know. I don't want. I I would be so upset. <laughs> no offense, he's a good player and he's having a good season and he seems like a goofy guy, I guess. But I would be so disappointed if that was like the big trade that my GM made at the trade deadline. It would really let me down. Like I would just be like, oh man, like Kevin Hayes, like Kevin Hayes, is going to be the the piece that pushes us over to like the Stanley Cup championship. Like I don't know, man. Do you get what I'm saying? It's just Kevin Hayes. Yeah, and I think the fact that Ottawa is willing to deal all their guys, which we're going to talk about next. Uh, I think the fact that Stone and Duchesne are on the market. If they weren't on the market, I think Kevin Hayes would be like the commodity. You know what I mean? It's like, all right, younger first line, first or second line center, playmaker, all this stuff. I I do that, but the fact that you have Duchesne and Stone also there. I think that kind of really fucks the Rangers bad. This is the second year the Senators have done this to the Rangers, by the way. I'm not happy about it. Last year was with Eric Carlson and Ryan McDonough, and then this year I'm, I'm fucking so over Eugene Melnick and Pierre Dorian, or whatever the fuck his name is, over it. Um, but, yeah, let's get into Ottawa. So Stone, Duchesne, Dezingle, all these guys are on the market. If your team is looking for a trade to the deadline, do you have any interest as a Bruins fan? I think Stone would, Stone would be a sick Bruin. I don't know what you'd have to give up to get him, but... I, what do you have on that? Yeah, man. I mean, I, I think Stone's a really good player. I think he's going to get, like, a fat contract, though. So He's, like, 26. He's going to be 27. Point per game, like, his last two years, and he's always super close. 
on a terrible team. Like he plays the game the right way too. He's not he's not soft. Like he'll go to the gritty areas of the ice and shit. Yeah, like I think out of all the players on the block, I know a lot of people like to talk about Duchesne, but I think Stone's the best player on that team. Um, and any team would love to get him, but that's going to be a hefty price. I bet you Duchesne's kind of a hefty price too. We'll see. That's why, like, as a Bruins fan, I look at Dezingle and I look at someone who could probably play third line. He's fast. He's kind of like he's like that NHL, that new NHL kind of forward where he's not really super skilled, but he's quick. He's 22, 22 goals, 21 assists, 43 points in 56 games this year. I think he can play the penalty kill too. Like, someone I might take away a lot, like a, a shot at. Um, I don't know. What do you have? I think I'm going to predict. I'm going to do some predictions. I think Stone's gonna go to Winnipeg, and I think uh, Duchesne is. Gonna, I think he's gonna end up in, on the Islanders. I can see the Islanders making a deal for Duchesne, and it just not working. And I can't wait for it to happen. Yeah, I guess Mark isn't Mark Stone. He's from Winnipeg too, isn't he? Uh, I think so. Yeah. Also, you know what, dude? I'm gonna be honest with you. I kind of like the Duchesne to the Islanders move, just because uh, Duchesne was drafted the same year as JT. So, so in a way, it'd be kind of like they just traded down two picks in that draft. Went to Vera's headman Duchesne. I think that's actually kind of a funny move, and it would be even funnier. And I know if he gets it done, I, can you imagine if the Islanders beat the Leafs in the playoffs? That'd be oh man! I know you hate the Islanders. No, dude. no, 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 no. Just for the sake of hockey, I fucking hope that series happens. <laughs> that would be the greatest series ever. Like game, like the first game in the Coliseum, dude, with JT out there. I think um, you send Matt Martin out there and just have him beat the shit out of him. Yeah, yeah, I, dude. And we should just let's go right into it. So Rob Shrimp, Fulton, New York legend. I think he had a couple sick YouTube highlight reels out of juniors and like AHL All Star Skills competitions. That was kind of his wheelhouse. Um, he was drafted around the same time as JT, and they played one year together. Um, and Rob Shrimp basically going on Twitter saying he just collects his points and capitals and his awards. Um, referring to John Tavares. Somebody also kind of called him out for it, an Islanders fan, and Rob Shrimp doubled down and was like, look at Mar- Mar- Matthew Barzell's comments uh, talking about how no one's treated differently in this locker room this year. It's clear, it's very clear he was the problem. Um, wild development, dude. I don't know. Do you believe no, this? Like, not at all. I think this is just fucking Islanders fans and Islanders players have a giant dump in their pants that JT left, and that's a hundred percent what it is. I don't like John. John Tavares does not strike me as a guy that like demands no. special treatment. <laughs> like, are you kidding me? That's, that's the weirdest part to me too, dude. Is like I don't get any of those vibes from him. He always just seemed like a really cool hockey player. I think he's like dirty at lacrosse too. Like he just seemed like an athlete. Yeah. But I mean, why? But Rob Shrimp, he got cut by the Islanders. So like, what does he owe the organization? Yeah, I mean, he just really hated them because they gave him a shot, dude. Yeah, JT was in his limelight, dude. And like, there's gonna be a ton of people that are like, "Oh, he doesn't demand special treatment." How about the Leafs and the Sharks, like, doing all these things for him to recruit him? Like, I don't think he asked for that. I think he was that good of a player. And if you're a team and you want that, you give whatever you can get to do that. The New York Yankees tried to do that with that fucking dickhead pitcher. What was his name? That ended up signing with, uh, was it Washington? Do you know what I'm talking about? The guy from the Diamondbacks. Uh, not Paxton. What the fuck was his name? I don't even know his name. But he, but like he, he, they brought him to the Yankee Stadium and they put his name up on like the big screen, just like Manny Machado. Like that's what teams do. That they're not demanding that treatment. They want them to go there. But Shea Hillenbrand? No, not Shea. Who the hell was it? It's not Paxton. It's not Porcello. 
See, he's, he's not even worth my time. I don't even know the fuck. Really quick, though. One thing we did skip in NHL in the news, Carter Hutton, countdown, <laughs> the road to 20. Uh, it's been a week. He got zero more wins this last week. Hasn't won a game since January 11th. You concerned? It just means he's That's due. It just means he's due. <laughs> and and, o- and Omar looked terrible against the Rangers the other night, so... I don't know. I mean, that's tough. If he goes on that pace, how many months are left in the season? One one win a month. We got February, March, April. He's got three more wins, so he's gonna he has some work cut out for him. I I know, and I don't know the Sabers schedule. It doesn't help that the Sabers aren't playing good hockey right now either. That kind of fucking sucks. I just I don't know. We'll get we'll get into a little bit more Sabers Rangers talks when we do Heroes and Zeros. But now we're gonna move on to our Twitter questions, which are brought to you by Company Thirty Nine. Company 39 is creating digital hockey camps with some of the best players on the planet, giving amateur players, coaches, and parents the ability to learn directly from the best. If you're a young hockey player, you need this. You get to see what a player like Joe Pavelski had to go through to get to where he is. If you're a men's league bender like me, you'll love it. If you're a hockey parent or coach looking to motivate your players, this is for you. You get an ebook with mindset tools from the athlete, and you get in-depth on-ice drills that you don't normally see, but you know that the pros use. I'm excited to say that we have a promo code to share with you guys. Go to company39.com, that's K-O-M-P-A-N-Y-3-9.com, and use the promo code MORNINGSKATE to save 20% off. While you're there, check the testimonials and see names like Charlie McAvoy and Anders Lee giving them their full endorsement. It's no joke, so head on over to company39.com, stop wondering, and start learning from the best. Yeah, trigger fingers turn to Twitter fingers. All right, Twitter question time. We have two because I was an idiot and I didn't get this out in time. The first question, uh, we'll do this one because we know a little bit more about this. Uh, Our guy, Sean from L.A., he's a big Kings fan. He says, Hal, after watching the game last night, who do you think is the best Los Angeles King? I'm more referring to our younger guys. So is there anybody who impressed you when they played the Bees the other night? Yeah, first off, pretty good game. Uh, Shout out McAvoy and then Bergeron. Putting the game away in the last minute, uh, but yeah, I, I don't know. It was kind of funny watching the Kings, um, and I do want to preface it just by saying: so the Bruins are on that like end of the year West Coast swing in California. That used to be a gauntlet. Yeah, um, no dude, hundred percent. Kind of a- Holy shit! I remember like a couple years ago, whenever they went out west, even the Rangers, I'd be like, oh fuck! Like now we got to play, we got to play the Ducks, Kings. Somebody's gonna get hurt, and, yeah. and we're gonna lose. Yeah, and then you have to go to San Jose. It was the worst road trip ever. Mm-hmm. Not feeling like that anymore. Um, that being said, I don't know. No offense. Um, Adrian Kempe looks like he has all the tools. He's that Swedish kid who I think they wanted to have a big season. He didn't do much for me. I follow, had that good goal. Um, I, I mean, I, I like him. I'm biased, though, because he's a Buffalo guy. Those are the two forwards, I guess, that would really stand out. I mean, Austin Wagner kind of throws the body around. I like the way he played, too. On defense, the one kid that I did notice a little bit, and I thought he played a pretty good game, um, took up a penalty, was uh, Matt Roy, who I think is like a late-round pick for you. Um, I don't know. I just liked his style. He looked heavy on his skate. So I guess – That's such a I scout, that's such a scout thing to say. He looked heavy on his skates. Uh, yeah, dude, because I didn't – the tough thing, and I know this guy's a big Kings fan, and I respect that. There's just not that many – young guys on their roster. Like, I think I just went through all the names. Like, Lopisic is interesting, but he doesn't do it for me. I think I follow is my favorite. I will say, though, um, Kovalchuk had a snipe on the power play. And, like, I wish if his contract was less, like, 
if he went to a contender, I think he would do pretty well. I, I'm sure he disappears, and he definitely wasn't noticeable for a big part of the game, but that rip on the power play was awesome. Mm-hmm. It was like vintage Kovalchuk, you know what I mean? Like, low wrist shot, like, through a screen, didn't touch anything. There's been some talks about Kovalchuk being dealt, too, um, over the last couple weeks. That'd be interesting. I, the Kings would obviously need to retain some of that contract, but I, I, you're right. Like, if I'm a team and I'm going to make the playoffs and you're telling me I'd only have to pay half of Kovalchuk shit and I could put him on my power play, I'd think about it. Yeah, dude, and that's the thing. I would take, like, 75% of his contract. Like, that, if you took that, it'd be, like, $4.25 million or something like that. Like, that's extremely doable for, like, a guy who could probably play in your second line in first power play. Yeah. And he's fucking Ilya Kovalchuk. Uh, second question, Mr. Blake. Bruce Boudreaux guaranteed the Minnesota Wilds make the playoffs. Central's pretty tough. Is this a playoff team? I don't know much about the Minnesota Wild. I do know that Koivu's done for the year, so that's kind of a rough go. Um, I also... I thought I read somewhere that they're going to be sellers at the deadline. Did I not read that? But then Brudrow came out and guaranteed playoffs. So, like, kind of confusing situation in Minnesota right now. Yeah, I don't know. I feel like it's this is just classic Minnesota sitting in the wild card spot. I'm not really sure what they're going to do. I mean, they're vastly a 500 team. Like, it's very obvious. Like, they're not anything special. I mean, you can say that the what that the uh, Central is stacked. That's true, but at the same time, St. Louis still only has sixty-five points. Like you got Winnipeg, Nashville, St. Louis, Dallas, Minnesota are all sitting in a spot out of that conference. So there definitely is some depth there. But I don't think five points against St. Louis is that crazy to overcome. Like they're going to cool down eventually. They're not going to keep winning every single game. Um, the one thing I will say for Minnesota is almost nobody behind them really scares me. Vancouver, I can see them falling apart. Arizona could fall apart. Colorado's been a dumpster fire. They're 1-6-3. and three. And the only team I can really see them getting caught by is probably Chicago, which now that I say it out loud, I definitely think Chicago will probably end up catching them. <laughs> yeah, Chicago's kind of going on a run right now. They're, they're a team that, like, if they squeak in the playoffs, I'd be a little rattled about, which is yeah, weird. I mean, so weird. But, like, it's Chicago. You know, like, it's, like, the whole legacy. It's, like, the whole history behind that organization. Like, they're not a team you want to play in the playoffs. No, no, I agree with that. I don't know. It's just, But, I mean, Bruce B, Bruce B guaranteed the playoffs, dude. So, I mean, that's a that's a statement. He had a little bit too much haagen that day. <laughs> yeah, I nailed it. All right, uh, thanks for the Twitter questions. Next, uh, next week I'll try to get that out a little bit sooner. But now we're going to move into our Patty B hotline. Patty B, take it away. Hey, this is the Patty V Hotline, brought to you by the Morning Skate. Thanks, Pat. Uh, we got one voicemail. Guess who it's from? Hey, Morning Skate. Patty V here. All right, I'm on a break from my pond hockey tournament. I'm at refereeing, so here I go. Give me some of your pond hockey problems, 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 problems. Anyway, Pat. All right, and also... What do you guys think about the stadium series coming up between Penguins and Flyers? All right, later, guys. Bye. Patty B putting on a show. What a, what a showman with this question this week. Uh, pond hockey problems. I think it's uh, it's always the ice, right? No matter what. Yeah, I guess, I guess man. It's definitely ice is a problem. Oh, I got uh, another problem. Uh, referees that can't keep score of the games. Pat. Yeah, that's a good one. Uh, I'm trying to think what else the problem is. You know what? 
unless there's actual physical mess there, I never feel fully satisfied. That's a problem. Mm-hmm. Um, unless I'm shooting on a regulation size net with like some metal pipes that we can clang off. Dude, everything's I w- just a little cheap. I would love a pond hockey tournament where you need to bring a goalie. I don't know if that's like, if that's allowed. I don't know if I've ever seen one, but how cool would that be? Yeah, the way hockey should be. I agree. I think it should be like that. Like you'd lose so many pucks, though. Yeah, you would lose pucks, but then it would like it would complete. It would just completely change the game. It would be awesome uh, to have a goalie in that and actually have to like score, yeah. not just like slide it through and like have people playing like cheap defense. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I, I guess that would be it. My other thing would always be like. Um, by the end, like taking your skates off and there's like that, like there's always like some ice in your skate and like there's some other things going on and like it kind of hurts and like your fingers hurt when you're untying your skates. Like I kind of love the pain, but I hate it at the same time. Yeah, no, I get that. I get that. What about what do you have for the stadium series? I don't know. Um, my honest first reaction when I heard this question was, uh, when's the stadium series? So I didn't even know this was happening. It's next Saturday. Uh, Great marketing, NHL. You fucking idiot. But I will, I will say, it would be sick if they just brawled. Like, I don't know. That would be my hope. After the Malkin thing, Philly, Pittsburgh, outside. If they fought, that would be the best thing that could happen to the stadium series. I think Wayne Simmons is a guy that would do it, too. Yeah, yeah. I think, I mean, I don't know how many, they have a couple of guys on that team, I guess, that can drop the gloves. I mean, is Rackle Gudis? Is he still in the mix? He's been quiet this year. Uh, yeah, I think I think he finally, you know, I think he maybe listened to our podcast and figured out that he had to tone it down quite a bit. Uh, you really haven't heard his name. I haven't watched a lot of Penguins fan, uh, games this year, and I watched one today, and they completely remind me why I fucking hate that team. They're just filled with a bunch of like little pricks, like Brian Rust and like Jake Gensel, and who's this new guy? Uh, Pedersen, Marcus Pedersen, Peterson. Who the fuck is that guy? Where would he come from? Yeah, dude, they do stink. I don't like I, the Pittsburgh Penguins forward crew. Will always get you upset. Um, yeah, dude, Brian Russ is someone I definitely hate. When Brian Russ scores on you, and and then they are like, "Oh, that's Brian Russ, like 18th of the season." You're like, "Really? Yeah, six, come on." He's got 30 points. Like, how does that guy? Dominic Simone's another guy that like I never understand. Mm-hmm. You know who's a prick? Is Zachary Aston Reese? Yeah, uh, he played at Northeastern, and he's a Staten Island kid. That pretty much sums up everything you need to know about him: is that he's from Staten Island. The worst, <laughs> the worst. But they have said the kid loves Sidney Crosby. So, um, thanks, Pat, for calling in. Appreciate it. Stadium series. I'm sure it's going to be awesome. If you guys want to leave voicemails, you call five one eight three zero nine. Wait, three zero nine two five nine five five one eight three zero nine two five nine five. Not having a good brain day. Uh, moving on, we are now going to get into our, oh, this is going to be great, our Lee Stepniak's Heroes and Zeros. How do you augment that young group with a veteran player that brings stability, adds a little scoring punch, and has been around the block to make a difference? Tonight's focus is on that guy, number 21, Lee Stepniak. All right, Hal, I want you to go first. I want you to tell me why this is such a great segment specifically for today. Yeah, so it came out, I don't know if it was, I think it was Friday. I was sitting in my cubicle at work, and I got a notification on my phone. It was that the Boston Bruins have signed Lee Stepniak to a player tryout with the Providence Bruins. He's back. Um, he doesn't go worse, away. What's even worse is I've been, so I follow all the Bruins beat writers, like the guys who go to practice and stuff. Apparently, Lee Stepniak's just been skating with the Bruins all year and like going to random practices and stuff, and no one's reported it. 
No one had told me this the whole time. At least Stepniak was at every practice. It was never in the lines. He's just been practicing. Like, I I can't believe that they've just been resting Lee Stepniak and they're going to try to warm him up for a playoff run. It's Brian Gianna all over again. We traded for a second-round pick for him at the deadline a few years ago and we missed the playoffs. It's the worst, dude. I can't believe Lee Stepniak is back. Oh, he is back. Better than ever. That's just a classic. And I and, and you're right. Like we, You didn't hear anything about him practicing, but also like when they signed him, that wasn't like a big thing either. Like you kind of had to like dig into the deep, deep dark web to figure out that that had happened. Yeah, yeah. No one, because no one really cared, dude. I thought he was in like Switzerland or something. Like I didn't. I thought he was gone. Like I thought Lee Stepniak was not going to be involved. But if there's one thing we should have known is that Lee Stepniak does not miss a trade deadline. He's always in the mix. Always. That guy's. He is. If there's an award like a trade deadline award, it'd be named after him. Yeah. Fact. Yeah, I don't I mean he's been I'm just looking at his transactions, his career transactions. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, eight trades. Hell yeah. This guy's frequent flyer miles. Shout out DJ Zumi. Uh, my my hero of the week. Matt Zuccarello. We kinda of talked about him a little bit earlier, so we don't have to talk about it that much, but like I said earlier, he didn't really have that great of a season. He said that the fact that him getting traded was affecting him, but in the last four games, he has two goals, five assists. He's on the line with Kreider and Zibanejad. One, probably, I would say, top three hottest lines in the NHL over the last, like, three weeks, month. The guys have been fucking tearing it up. So, shout out to Zook. Um, fuck, man, it's going to suck when they trade him, but that's my hero. Uh, Hal, who is your zero of the week? Uh, I have two. So the Bruins are on that West Coast swing, and they played uh, the Anaheim Ducks, the worst team ever. And Michael Delzato still in the NHL. That blew my mind. He's on the uh, Ducks? Yeah, he's on the Ducks. And a fun fact about Delzato, he's missed some games for scratches and injuries and stuff. In his last 21 games, uh, he's lost, He's they've lost 20 of them. Um, <laughs> it just seems like ever since Lisa Ann, uh, the porn star called him out on Twitter a few years back. He's just, it went downhill quick. You yeah. went from, t- do you remember, dude? Yes. Rangers, some Rangers fans, his rookie year thought he was going to be the next Brian Leach. Yeah. And then he was hanging, he was partying with Tyler Sagan. And now he's one of the worst defensemen in the NHL. And he's like 27, dude. Yeah, but you want to know what? He has quietly put quite the career for himself together. Like, he's made a ton of money, like, being like a very mediocre defenseman. Like, good, think, good for Michael Delzato. Do you think Delzato, when he's, like, 34 years old, is going to be, like, a seventh defenseman somewhere, making, like, $1 million a year? I cannot like, believe that he's even in the league right now. So I doubt when he's 34 that he'll be in the league. <laughs> All right. My other, my other zero of the week. I mean, it was about a year ago, a little more than a year ago today, that uh, Ryan Spooner was traded from the Bruins to the New York Rangers. Yep. It's It's gone downhill fast. He yeah. got traded to the Rangers – um, he was finally DJing in the bright lights of New York City with Mika. Brought his turntables, his tattoos, and his Ed Hardy hats. Had a pretty good end of the year last year. He had a great a end of the year, dude. He had, he had like 12 points in like seven games. Yeah, I think a lot of people thought he was going to put it together and be an all right piece on a rebuilding Rangers team. Did not happen. Was very bad. Got traded one for one for Ryan Strom. Who's been quietly great seven. for the Rangers. Yeah, on the Oilers, who need offense. Gets sent to the AHL and now he's traded. Uh, he's traded again to Vancouver, I think. For another yeah. for another guy that you wouldn't think would be in the league, fucking Sam Gagne. That guy's got to be fifty years old now. Yeah. 
What a trade. And I just found out that he just got he got sent right to Utica. So Ryan Spooner is now playing for the Utica. No Bears. way. That's like that's the toughest. That's gotta be so hard for him to swallow. Like that's such a tough year. I mean he was an effective NHLer for like a good amount of years. Yeah. Wow. I didn't know I may have to I mean he's twenty six. Yeah, I mean, what what do you do from there? Just try to soak up as much money in the AHL, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. Maybe, yeah, maybe go to the KHL or like the Swedish Elite League. Ryan Spooner is definitely a Swedish Elite League guy. <laughs> definitely. Um, my my zero of the week goes to Kyle Oposo. Um, the other night, he he dummied Zuccarello in a very dirty play, very malicious. Could have gotten somebody hurt. And uh, Mika Zibanejad came over, and Okposo was acting tough. Mika's not a tough guy. Mika, I don't think he's ever been in a fight, ever. Um, Okposo's kind of thrown around, and my boy, little Tony D'Angelo, he comes over and he says, hey, Kyle Okposo, do you want to go? We can go. And Okposo, you can tell he doesn't really want to. Drop the gloves. Square up. They're feeling each other out. Then Tony D throws this vicious right hand. Connects. Fucking TKO. Down. Bleeding, Kyle Oposo, zero of the week, buddy. Tony D'Angelo is one bull you don't want to ride. What what do you have on that? Yeah, I agree with that. Um, also, Tony yeah. D'Angelo is silently becoming a New York Rangers legend. <laughs> He's definitely hot in the streets right now. The one thing I'll say about this is I saw a ton of people um, online like defending Kyle Oposo, being like he has head issues. Oh he fuck you. But here, here's my issue with that, is that if you have head issues and you don't want to fight, then you shouldn't try to square up against the Rangers' best player and Mika. Yeah. Like, at that point, you're open season. Like, you want their star player, you're going to act tough with him. Then you can't be surprised when Tony D comes running at you. Like, she's, see, Tony D, every time he gets into a fight, he always skates in so fast. It's kind of like... Almost happened today. It's like, it's like Ronnie from the Jersey Shore, dude, running oh, yeah. down the boardwalk. Oh, yeah. It literally almost happened today. It was Matt Cullen. Matt, like him and Matt Cullen were going. Tony fucked skates right up to him. Cullen's like, oh, okay, never mind. Right, he's just he's he doesn't skate to like scrums. He sprints to scrums, and you got to respect that. But like for Akposo, like he had that really cool article earlier in the year. And I know he has had head issues, but if you're gonna mix it up like that, like you can't you can't say that he didn't want to fight and that D'Angelo shouldn't have fought him. Like, yeah, don't put not- don't put yourself in a position to get your ass kicked. Right, right. If you, it's just like when Alexei Yemlin used to like throw dirty hits, and then people would say that he can't fight because he has a plate in his head. Yeah. Well, it's like that's not our problem that he's trying to blow out people's knees. Also, like, that was also that that has been debunked because we figured out that Ryan Holwig has always had a plate in his head and would fight anybody anytime anywhere. Dude, that's yeah, good, really good point on that. <laughs> and I, but it still makes me laugh just to think that Ryan Holwig and Alexei. Yeah, like when they go through like a metal detector, they have to tell the person that there's a plate in their head. Dude, Ryan Holg was a man. I'll never forget that one. Like in between periods, it was Ryan Holg. I forget the other guy and Mark Stahl, and they had a band. Except for their band was Guitar Hero, and Ryan Holg was just slaying on the drums, dude. Shout out Holg. Yeah. I think he's still playing somewhere. He has like a giant beard, super long hair. Like Ryan Holg, man. Never forget when Chris Simon like tried to kill him. That was, Chris yeah. Simon pretty much did what Evgeny Malkin did, except for Chris Simon connected. He's in the Czech League. You're right, dude. It's pretty much the same exact way. <laughs> like, yeah, pretty much. Oh, dude, can I, tell, can I say this really quick? Yeah, let's go. This is Ryan Holwig's Wikipedia, Wikipedia page. Following the death of Tom Petty, Holwig took to the ice with Czech club H.C. Pleasant and played guitar and sang Free Falling. 
Stop it. <laughs> so he, he did a Tom Petty tribute at his Czech League game. That's on the Well, I know what song we're going to close this podcast with. Um, <laughs> shout, shout out, Hoeing. Now we're going to move into our last segment, uh, Three Stars. All right, Jim and Mike, thanks very kindly. A nice weekend for you. As always, our three-star selectors are stars of the hockey scene wherever we go on Rogers Hometown Hockey. Dude, I fucking love Ryan Holick. All right, the three three stars of the week. Papa wrote a blog this week about the Red Bull crash ice course. If you guys haven't ever seen it, it's it's when they get a bunch of those idiots and they put them at the top of like a uh, like a ice mountain and they have to in full hockey gear skate down this ice mountain and try to beat each other. It's actually pretty cool. Um, and Papa he wrote a blog about how he needs to see NHL players like do this. So uh, three stars this week is what three players you'd want to see participate in this course and i think before we get into it i think you had a little something you want to say about it yeah dude so i am i'm violently out of shape i barely <laughs> play hockey anymore but i want to i want to do this in the worst way like i want to i want to i want to skate against you dude like i want to go toe to toe i want to throw an elbow that'd be um, cool could you imagine morning skate I, I'm gonna reach out to people and see if they can let us do that. That'd be like for a weekend, go somewhere and see. I'll sign a waiver. I don't care Hell if I yeah. break my nerve. I, I want yeah. that. I want that course so bad. Mm-hmm. And then and I know it would probably hurt so much. I'm probably you go so, so much faster than you think you are. But at the same time, dude, I've taken a hit in my day. I know what it feels like. You got equipment on your body. Like everything's gonna be okay. Yeah. I believe. Yeah, here's the only thing, dude. I think like you maybe get a sixteenth of the way down this fucking thing, and you realize you're going 120 miles an hour, and there's like, it's like a motocross rink, like down downhill, like there's like little divots and shit. Like it's not, it's not just like downhill skating. Like there's like shit you gotta do. Yeah, but you know what, dude? I you're right. But I, I have like all these things that I would do. I was thinking like when I was going down a hill. I would do I would do C cuts, fast C cuts, my way all the way. <laughs> Buddy, you would be going so fast that you would have no idea. Like those C cuts would not matter. The first C cut that you would go to do, you would fall over and you would fucking go sliding like three hundred miles an hour down this hill. And I thought, yeah, whatever, dude. <laughs> fast C like... cuts. You wait, hold on. <laughs> Your secret advice for doing this crash course is to do fucking fast C cuts down the way. Yeah, and whenever there's a big jump, just settle out and just fucking land on it. Just land on your stomach. Wait, I, I would have thought, like, if there's a big jump, like, you jump the jump before you get to the jump. Oh, that's a good call, too, dude. Jump the jump. <laughs> jump that's, the jump. Less time that's, in the air, dude. More time on the ice. Yeah, I don't... Dude, I just... I think it would be so much fun to do, and I wish I wish there was, like, public courses. They should have, like... Oh, can the public do it? No, they can't do... People would die. People would, like, literally die doing that. You can't just have a public... This isn't a skate park, dude. You know, all right, here's a good question. How much do you think they make? Like, how do you get on that team? Like, dude, I don't imagine? think any. I think they do this, like, three times a year and make, like, a sick drone video out of what? it and, and convince people that there's such a thing. No, they, like, travel around the country and do different venues. Like, I think... Can you imagine, like, you, like, run into somebody, like, at a bar, like, you're home for Thanksgiving, and it's, like some kid you went to high school with and they're like making that small talk and they're like, what do you do for a living? It's like Red Bull crashed ice. I tore the country. And yeah. They just, they just, they, they pulled, they pulled their fucking flap rim hat around and just says Red Bull. It's like, what the fuck do you I think wanna, I do? I think if I worked out, Oh my God, uh, I can't believe this. If I trained, crazy. if I trained for like a year, I could become a Red Bull crashed ice skater. I, we should reach out and just see if we can do it. <laughs> I, I would right. try. Like, I'd do a weekend trip. Yeah, I just want it. I 
just want it so bad. What's uh, what's three stars? Well, three stars are three players. While we're doing after after this podcast is done, you remind me we should research who who does this and what like their hockey credentials were, and see if like Ron Parr would doing anything like this. But three stars of the week. Um, so I'll go first. My third star. I don't think he'd be good, but I think it'd be really funny to watch him try to do this. Is Roman Polak? Like just some big goofy Bulgarian? Is he from Bulgaria? Where's he from? Czech? He's, I don't know. Just this big guy have now no idea. He'd probably kill it, dude. Like, like you said earlier, he's heavy on his skates. Uh, I don't know. I I don't think. Do you think this this course takes a lot of edge control? Because if it doesn't, I think Polak's got it made. But I think if you have to be good on your edges, then then it may not end up that great. That's a tough call, dude. I'm not. Oh. Yeah, I I don't think Roman. I think he'd blow out like his ACL or something like that. He would go down fast. Like I think. I, I don't think he has that, like, leg strength to compete. Is that what you're asking? I guess, yeah. <laughs> uh, okay, so my, my third star goes to a guy who would inevitably blow out his ACL. Who's, who's your third star? <laughs> I don't know. Pollock's pretty hilarious, though. I would go – I mean, this is just – I have a prototype, Tom Wilson, fast and strong. Uh, I mean, just think <laughs> about going around a corner with Tom Wilson behind you. He's going to chuck you into the boards. I don't know if it's boards or, like – padding but he's gonna win so Tom Wilson <laughs> but I think he's gonna win. win do you remember that it used to be like on Spike TV do you remember they used to have those like roller derby like TV show and it would be the roller derby and they would like slingshot people into like over the boards and shit do you not remember that if you don't I'll send you a YouTube video afterwards any idea what I'm talking about no idea oh man it was sick but you're right Tom Wilson would be he would be a, an anchor on a team my second star goes to somebody a pretty boy San Jose Shark, Martin Sorensen. He just he just has this look to him like he's done it before. <laughs> like the long hair, like probably smells like cigarettes, but like in a classy way. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I could I could see that Martin Sorensen's a good one because he definitely like. I bet you if you ask a scout about Martin Sorensen, they'd probably say he has great edge control. Yeah, dude, like, and he wouldn't wear like hockey equipment. He'd wear like a form-fitting suit. And and like and like a like a fucking Tour de France helmet. Right. No, dude, you're actually you're right on par with that too. Because he's what is he? Where is he from? Is he Swedish? Is he he, yeah, I think he's Swedish. Anyone who's from Scandinavia is automatically talented at these sports. Like, yeah. Just like another toboggan team. Yeah. Hundred percent. Who's your second so, star? I just switch it up. I'm gonna go Patty Kane. I think just going straight off. I'll have one guy who's pure speed. I think he he can turn he can turn on a dime. He weighs like 35 pounds, light as a feather. So he goes off a jump. He's flying. I just see him getting out to an early lead and just kind of cruising to the finish line. That's the key. Patty Kane. If he doesn't get a good start and he gets in the mix, he's not gonna win. He's gonna get bullied around by the rest of the guys on the ice. But if he gets out to a fast start, then it's it's wire to wire. If if Patrick Kane was a snowboarder, he would be Sean White, and you're right. Like he he wouldn't lose. Right. right. That's such a good call. He is. He's the Sean White of hockey. Yeah, hundred percent. That's a good one. My my first star. What like what you said before? Strong, powerful skater. And if you listen to this podcast, you know that I'm I'm a I bleed red, white, and blue. I'm a big American, so I think Chris Kreider. I would like to see him represent the stars and the stripes on the crash uh, course. He's big. He's strong. He's fast. He speaks six different languages. He's like a genius, I guess. So he'd ha- he would have some like physic diagram. Like I feel like a lot of hockey players when I think about it, they just fucking go for it. But like Kreider would like take the time to like go over the course, like like bring out some graph paper, check out like the angles. I think Chris Kreider would be my number one star, and I don't think there's anybody in the NHL that would beat him. 
Yeah, that's a good one, dude. Kreider is really fast and just straight ahead. I have a guy just like that for my number one is Miles Wood. I think Ooh. he's kind of very similar in that. Mm-hmm. You throw the body around too, but I just want to switch it up because as you were just talking about that, for some reason, and maybe Patty came too. Phil Kessel came to mind. Like I just envision like Phil Kessel retires. <laughs> hold on, hold on, hold on. For a win or for like entertainment? To yeah, to win, to be the greatest no. uh, Red Bull Ice Crash skater of all time. Phil Kessel retires from the NHL. Um, people are like, "What are you gonna do next?" He's like, "I'm going to Red Bull Crash." They call him the Thrill. He would definitely also have a jumpsuit. And he would just dominate, dude. Just going city to city, tearing it up. Dude, I was just thinking he would last all four seconds, and we would need him mic'd up because I would love to hear like him get like the like the wind knocked out of him, <laughs> like going down the stairs. Yeah. He'd be like, Ugh, oh, what the fuck? Like that would be fucking hilarious, dude. I'd, yeah, I would. I'd pay a hundred dollars to listen to Phil Kessel go down one of those fucking things. Just glides down. Oh, that would be a, no. I would want him to fall. I'd want him to fall because I'd want to hear the, I want to hear Phil Kessel mic'd up, sliding down a giant hill with the wind knocked out of him. Like trying to regain his composure would be fucking awesome. Do you think if he falls down, do you think he continues the course, or do you think he uh, takes the stairs? No, oh, definitely takes the stairs. So he falls down with it, but like the first quarter of the track falls down, knocks the wind out of him. Probably rolls for uh, probably about three quarters of the rest of the way. And then there's like maybe a hundred feet left, and they're like Phil, just fucking skate down. I can see Phil throwing like a hissy fit, like fucking slamming his helmet on the ground, jumping over the fucking boards, and just taking the stairs the rest of the way. Yeah. <laughs> Fuck this! I'm too good for this. I'm Phil Throw Castle. That's <laughs> awesome. That was actually a good three stars because I'm actually like envisioning these players like doing this, and every single person that we list listed, I think would be really funny. Yeah, would be a great event. But uh, that was a pod- that was a podcast this week. Shout out to us for going back to back. We're gonna try to do three next week. That'd be that'd be big news. Um, but yeah, you you should be good next week, right? Are are you are you recuperating yeah, next week? Or are you gonna be good? Not. Okay, all right, cool. All right, well, thanks guys for tuning in. Keep sending in your questions. Oh, morning skate store is being developed as we speak. That's big news for the boys and girls. So uh, shout out to that, and we will see you guys next week. And Ryan Holwig, here's a little Tom Petty free falling. She's a good girl, loves her mama, loves Jesus in America too. She's a good girl, is crazy about Elvis, loves horses and her boyfriend too. And it's a long Living in Reseda, there's a freeway running through the yard. And I'm a bad boy, cause I don't even miss her. I'm a bad boy for breaking her heart. Vampires walking through the valley move away.
Ventura Boulevard And all the bad boys Were standing in the shadows And the good girls Were home with broken hearts Now I'm 